Welcome to Hillside Baptist Church Podcast. We are a church that is committed to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is our privilege to open God's word with you. It is our prayer that you receive the message from the man of God with an open heart. That through God's word, you are encouraged and equipped to face life's challenges. But most importantly, it is our prayer that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior if you haven't already. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at hillsidebc.com, find us on Facebook, or send us an email at info at hillsidebc.com. We hope that you benefit from today's message and that you would share it with a friend. But let's now open our hearts and God's Word. If you can just kind of put in your mind these two thoughts, and they almost seem contradictory at first, but look forward, then work backwards. Look forward. That's what we're going to do tonight, today. Look forward, but we're going to work backwards. With that in mind, I'd invite your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to be looking at what is known as the, the judgment seat of Christ. And today I want to try to encourage the young people and the not-so-young people like myself here because I want to look at one definite day that is on the master calendar. One definite day that is on the master calendar. And as you start your new missions commitment year, um, I think it would behoove all of us to look forward and work backwards to this time. And so with that in mind, I'd invite your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to look at verse 10. Now keep in mind, this passage, this letter written to the Corinthians, it's written to this local church. It's not written to us, but it is preserved without any error for all these years for our learning as New Testament church people. So we can look at this and apply this to ourselves. So if we take that in mind, and if we look at verse 10, for we... Now, the we is just those that within the, the local church, the, the body, those that would be the brethren. This is not written to people outside of the family of God. It's not written to people outside of the church. It's written to we. So we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Why? I'm going to insert that word. That everyone, everyone, may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be, what's that next word? Or, what's that next word? Everybody, whether it be good or bad. Verse 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Lord, we ask that you would clearly guide this morning. And Lord, so many times we, meaning the brethren, expect the unsaved to be responsive to your spirit in services like this. And Lord, I fear that we have become lackadaisical ourselves with the realization of how we must respond when we are confronted 
with clear passages of our responsibility and the need to be ready for that great day that's on the master calendar. And so, Lord, today, clear the minds, remove the distractions, and would you silence my voice, and would you speak clearly to each individual here today. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So now that you are all together starting, in a sense, your missions conference month, and really excited to hear you preacher this evening, and then missionaries throughout the month, and then my friend Dale Bigham, you're going to enjoy that. It all makes sense that you consider some questions that are related to your future plans, as in what's really on your calendar. We want to look forward and we want to work backwards. And so I think of some things that I'm trying to appeal to the young people and the not-so-young uh, so for the young people, some things that might be on their calendar is the day that they actually graduate high school. That's, they have it possibly marked on their calendar. That's a big day. And if you haven't graduated from high school, I can remember thinking, that was a big day. I thought that was the beginning of my life when I would graduate high school. For some, it might be to get their driver's license, and that might be a big day. I'm going to be taking my driver's license test on this day. It's a big day. It's on people's calendars. Some people, it might be, I, I'm going to be putting the day that I make my, the first string on the football team, or so for some ladies, it might be the, the day I get my engagement ring. That's going to be a big day that's on my calendar. Or to graduate college, that might be a big day. Or, well, then what? Well, then it might be the day you get a big job, the day that you land your career job. And then what? Well, after that, then you want to get a better paying job, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, well, then what? After you get a pretty decent paying job, well, for the guys, whatever they want, the day they get a truck. I mean, that's a big day. Can I get an amen for that? And then what happens after you get a, a truck? Then it's the day when you get a bigger and a faster truck. Can I get an amen? It's just the way it works. Well, then what? Well, then you get married, and then you have kids, and then you ask, why did we do that? And then what? And then you buy a house, and then what? You decide we need a bigger house, and then what? Then you send your kids off to college, or you try to get them out of the house some other way. It just all depends. Well, then what? Well, then you are still working that job for 30 years, the same job, and then you retire, and then what? Then you travel, and then what? You travel, and then what? You get older, and then what? You get older, and then what? You get really old, and then what? You get a disease, and you hope to die quickly. Well, then what? Well, then eventually, you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And if you're a believer, my friend, that is the most important day. Amen. The most important day on your calendar. One scholar said it this way, do you not think that it would make a difference to you if you would really realize the thrilling consciousness that every act of the present is actually registered by God Almighty. The Bible mentions two future days, two future judgment days. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the judgment seat of Christ. But it's also in Revelation chapter 20, which we mentioned yesterday in the rally, the great white throne judgment. One judgment is going to be glorious. The other will be horrific. One will open the eons of eternity in heaven, the other in hell. One will bring great reward. One will bring eternal punishment. At the judgment seat of Christ, the RSVP, is only for people of faith, those who have trusted Christ as their Savior. And the great white throne judgment there in Revelation 20 is only for unbelievers, those who have rejected Jesus. They'll be ordered to appear 
And we've got to recognize that the most important future day on one person's calendar is one of these judgment days. Then the most important issue we face right now is making sure that we stand before the judgment seat of Christ and not stand before the great white throne judgment. Why? Because we all must die. We all must face the cold, unalterable, hard fact that from the day we were born, we are fixed with one inescapable appointment. It's on your calendar. We all must die. Like it or not, believe it or not, ready or not, we all must die. Sooner or later, the death angel will meet you and reach through eternity's door and pull you right through. Nobody escapes it. But on another great day, the day in the past at Calvary, the Lord Jesus Christ took the penalty of your sins and my sins, and he suffered the wrath of God in our place. And his word makes it clear that if we'll come to him acknowledging our sins and accept Jesus and what he did on the cross, then he will appropriate his redemption to us. God will cleanse, pardon, and save us if we'll come to him the Bible way. If you refuse or try to appease him some other way, then you're going to be co-signed to the never-ending flames of hell. And when you die, you either die a believer or a non-believer. And whatever you are when you die, you are that forever. Now for those of us that have put faith in Jesus Christ, we believe one day Jesus is coming back soon for his church. Can I get an amen? amen. But the fact is that many of us really aren't ready yet. Because there's the teaching of his returning. And soon as that will occur, then he also will serve as our judge, as we read in 2 Corinthians. And this seems, in my opinion, has to become a sleeper in the minds of many believers. It's pushed to the back of our mind. While playing a major role in our future, it's been pushed to the back. And this this morning, I am going to attempt to bring this truth to the front burner of our minds today. So now for the believer, let's consider this, the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is the place where every Christian will one day stand before Christ. Our salvation is our ticket for the event. If you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then this is on your calendar. But if you're trusting on your church membership, or the amount of churches you've been baptized in, or if you've trusted in Jesus Christ plus something else, then you're not trusting in Jesus Christ alone. And you won't be at this day. This is for the people that have had faith in Jesus Christ alone. Not their works, not their church, not their acts. What act could you and I do that's greater than the act of what Jesus did when he died on the cross? Be there, we will be there because of what Christ did when he saved us. No one who has failed to trust Christ will be present at this time. They will be present in Revelations chapter 20 judgment. This is the day for the people of faith. This judgment day is an evaluation time. The judgment seat of Christ is like a great performance evaluation, but it's more significant than any job performance, any evaluation you'll face in your career. This is the final evaluation of your whole lifetime. 
This evaluation is so crucial that every Christian needs to understand what the judge will be looking for. It's just like when your supervisor takes you aside and says, okay, for the next six months, I'm going to be looking for you to accomplish this, this, this. And then in the next six months, he gives you an evaluation on how you've done that. And then he says, well, you didn't accomplish all six of these things, so let's just move these three things that you didn't accomplish, and let's move them to the next six months. This won't be like that. This will be the final evaluation, performance evaluation of your life serving God. There won't be a chance to do another redo. This is it. One scholar said it this way, it ought to be the business of every day for a believer to prepare for this last day. Another scholar says this, there are only two days on my calendar, today and that day. Listen to this story of a contractor, true story, a contractor who took shortcuts while preparing to build a house for a dear friend. A contractor supposedly built a lovely house for his very wealthy friend. But while building the house, the contractor threw his friendship to the wind in a favor to cut corners, skimping in quality wherever it wouldn't be noticed. He put cheap material into the dirt work and to the foundation of the home, knowing that it would never be revealed for many years in the future. The house looked imposing. It was beautiful and massive, but it was ultimately unsafe. You can imagine the builder's disappointed surprise when he finished the house and he gave the keys to the rich friend and the rich friend handed the keys back over to him and said, here, this is a gift for you with one stipulation to the contractor that you and your family live in it for the rest of your life. Can you imagine the foolish builder? He had inherited his fruit of his own unfaithfulness. Actually, in robbing his friend, he robbed himself. Sometimes that can be true of us. In our present service for the Lord, when our present service for the Lord is faulty or insincere, we're not only robbing the Lord, but we are robbing ourselves of rewards. Remember the discerning fire of the judgment seat of Christ? It will test and verify our very works for him. Jesus will discern what kind of work our lives have produced. We need not worry about condemnation if you've trusted Christ, but we should be concerned about loss. We can cheat our own selves out of much reward if we're not careful. In that sense, we condemn ourselves. We short ourselves. See, this judgment day has eternal rewards that we can miss. This is where the saints' lives are evaluated. It's where the service for what we've done for the Lord is appraised. It's where he deems things that we've done acceptable or not acceptable. Possibly this is where the master says, well done. This is where the determination is made of what we'll enjoy for eternity. It's where Jesus will look back over all that you've done for him your whole life. Maybe you've done heaps and heaps of things for him. And he'll look at all of those years of service for that you've done for him in the church. And he looks at all of those things and he discerns the why you did them. The motive. If you did it for this... And I'm not against applause, but if you did it for applause, you just received your reward. If you did it to get your name in the bulletin, then when your name's in the bulletin, you just received your reward. But if you do it only for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that He would be honored, so that He would be glorified, so that His message would be shared, then you will get rewarded for that. But if all 
all that we do, all that we give in missions, all that we do in service for the Lord, if we do it for the wrong reason, Jesus will discern that and burn it up. And you'll be short-changed. You see, I want to know now what he is looking for then so that if I need to make some adjustments now while I have time, I want to do that. When I was 40, which is now 20 years ago, I was preaching at a, a national young adult conference, and this is where the Lord presented this passage to me in study of it. And at the age of 40, as a Baptist preacher, you know what? I was out of focus. I found myself at Heartland Baptist Bible College doing more for man and not more for Jesus. I was doing a lot. Man, I was busy. But I found myself after checking out this passage that my focus was more upon I'm doing this for man and not for the Lord. And at the age of 40, I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to focus in like a laser focus. Why? Because there's a great day coming, and I want to be ready for it while I have time. Right now, you all are facing a new missions year, and it would behoove each of you to start examining the motives for your service because one day you're going to be judged on not necessarily what you gave, but why you gave it. And there's only one motive that I know, one criteria for this to be a pure motive, and it's to be to glorify God. And if you can give this year so that you can see God glorified, so that you can see all the doctrines of God glorified and preached all around the world, so that He can be declared all around the world, then you will be rewarded for it. But if you do it out of mere, this fits my budget, or this is what I gave last year, or this is what so-and-so is giving, or this is what I think our preacher wants me to give, then you're giving for the wrong purpose. But if you do to glorify God, I will just assure you, God will be pleased in the missions year that you'll have here at Hillside. And the way that we live our lifestyle must match up with our theology on this whole matter of to glorify God. We must see it that way. Let me just remind you of a few questions that I posed at the beginning of the message. What's on your calendar? What are some important things on your calendar? Your classes, engagement ring, get married, get a job, get a house, have kids, get rid of kids, <laughs> become debt-free. All these are good things. Get old, retire, travel, get a disease. Well, then what? A reminder. You're going to die. And then you'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ if you're a born-again believer. If you're not a born-again believer, you'll stand before the great white throne. These days are the most important day on your calendar. So now what? Well, now look forward to that day and now work backwards with me. Follow me. Work backwards. Now, you can look forward to even a terminal illness if while you have that terminal illness, if while you're in that stage of life, if you'll prepare for that great day. If you want to know how to work your way through having a terminal illness or even an illness upon your body, if you'll just take that time that you're going through that time of illness and if you'll prepare for that great day, that day's going to be better. It's going to be a great day. Now, if you will stand and serve Christ in retirement stages of your life, and if you're, while you're in retirement stages of life, if you'll prepare for that great day, then you're going to have a great day. 
No matter what stage of life that you're in, if you can look at that stage as being, I'm going to prepare for that day and work back. No matter who you are or where you are in life, you can serve God in your career. If you're preparing for that great day, you can have a great career. If you can honor and serve God during your time at school and public schools or high schools or, or colleges, if while you're in college, you're preparing for that great day, no matter what stage of life that you're in, if everyone here can prepare for that great day, this can be a great day where the Lord appraises all that you've done and He appraises it and He says, look it, I want to reward you for all of that because you did it for the right reason. He's not interested in how much we do. He's interested in why we do it. We're not doing it for salvation, but because of what He gave to us, we should want to serve and bring Him glory with everything that we do. And He will discern it. It's Christ. He will examine it. Everything that's done for the wrong reason will burn. And you'll be rewarded for even those little things. He'll look back over your whole life and he'll look back at a time and, and maybe this is in your life. Like it is mine. I can remember the first times I started to hand out gospel tracts. Man, I was scared. Fearful of it. Had a couple of verses I, I thought I had memorized. And I remember going to this guy and I was working at a prison at this time, and I remember going to this fellow correctional officer and trying to witness to him. And man, i got to be honest with you, I blew it. I made a fool of myself, Brother John. I tried to quote the verses, and I was like, blah, 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 blah. I was speaking in tongues or something. It was crazy. And I, I felt so, so idiotic. But maybe God will look at that, and he'll know that I wasn't doing it for anybody else. No one was there. It was just me and the other correctional officer. It was just me, him, and God. And all that I wanted this guy to do was to get saved. And God will look back at that, and he'll say, yeah, you see that thing there? That event back there where you think you blew it or didn't really make a big deal? It was like low on the register. God will look at that and he'll say, but I know your heart on that. I knew what you were trying to do. I knew that you just wanted to bring glory. You wanted to give this guy a chance to accept me as his Savior. You know what God's going to do? Reward you for that. That little thing of handing out a track with a pure motive, he'll reward you for that. And then you get to enjoy that reward forever. Amen. Let's underline that word, forever. Right. Eternity. Now, if you give this year in your missions conference giving for God's glory, you're going to be rewarded for it. But if you do it for any other reason, there is no reason acceptable. We don't do God's work for our own gratification. We do it to bring glory to Him. It doesn't matter whether you give a dollar a week or a hundred dollars a week. It's the why. What's motivating you? you know, don't do it for your preacher. You might say, well, I do, I'm a, a, I'm a, I back my preacher. We're not talking about backing your preacher. I pray for preacher. We're not talking about praying for preacher. We're talking about why you do what you do. You know, come back tonight, not because it's your tradition. Come back because you want to you bring God honor and glory. Right. Hebrews 10.25 tells us that we're supposed to assemble 
when things assemble parts of the body, things get done. But when there's parts missing, some things just don't get done like they used to. Maybe you remember when you used to be one of the most faithful soul winners in the church. Week after week, nothing would have kept you from going out passing out tracks. Remember that day? Maybe it was when you had kids at home and you just thought, man, we got to show the kids examples. We've got to get them out. We've got to teach them how to soul win. And maybe we've grown cold of that. Remember that time? That season? Remember when you used to walk the altar when God spoke to you while the preaching was going on? When you were moved? Remember the time, the, the period of your life when a song could be sung up here and you just felt like, man, I'd like just to fall on my knees. Remember when it was like that? And yet sometimes we battle with this. We pray and ask God to move amongst us that lost people will come today. Lost people would walk the altar, and yet we don't even walk the altar. Remember that? Maybe we've become just like we're lukewarm. I would dare to say, based upon some other biblical passages, if each and every one of us would stop and work backwards to our own calendar, to our own to-do list, to our own iPad, to our own process, and see what needs to be focused, to your own checkbook, to your own projects list, to your own goals, and make some adjustments right now, people, while you have time. Because today is the only day you have to prepare for tomorrow. Who knows? This could be your last mission conference year you'll have before you see Christ face to face. Don't squander it. Don't squander it. And I challenge you very, very boldly. I don't want to get anybody mad at me, but hey, <laughs> I'm leaving this afternoon. <laughs> and you all don't know where I live. <laughs> Why don't you focus today? Laser focus on what? On that great day when you're going to stand before Jesus Christ and he's going to look all the way that you've come, all that you've done, and he's going to evaluate the why. And he's going to reward you for the things that you did to bring him glory. Would you consider this year in giving with one thing in mind, to bring him glory. To bring his glory so that the world will declare the glory of Jesus Christ. I stand here before you. Now 20 years, I've been trying my best, better than I did my first 40 years of life. I'm now trying to start every day as laser focused as I can about that great day. I am no longer working for man. I'm working for God. Amen. And you might say, you're pitiful. You're a Baptist preacher. Let me tell you, Baptist preachers struggle just like Baptist people do. And I would imagine every one of us in here could say this, I could do with some refocusing. Now, 
It doesn't matter what you even do in life as a Baptist preacher. We all better stay focused, laser focused on that great day. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a privilege to share God's word with you. If God has spoken to your heart because of the message, stop right now and respond to whatever it is God is asking of you. Don't wait another minute. You can pray right where you're at and ask God for his help. If this message has helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any questions or we can help you with your decision. Jesus asked his disciples, Who do ye say that I am? And he offers the same question to you today. What would your answer be?